0: Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, and I'm Juliet Jacobs. The Danau Girang Field Centre, or DGFC, is a collaborative research and training facility managed by the Sabah Wildlife Department and Cardiff University. Their research aims to help mitigate the loss of Asian biodiversity by understanding the effects of habitat fragmentation on the ecosystem, while encouraging in situ conservation and engaging with NGOs, stakeholders, policymakers alike. So involved in a range of long term programs on an array of tropical forest species. Ranging from proboscis monkeys to pangolins. Today on the show, I'm going to speak to Professor Dr. Benoit Goussens. He's the director of DGFC uh, about the group's work, and we're also going to have a special focus, I think, on you know their elephant and orangutan conservation programs in light of World Elephant Day and World Orangutan Day. That's up. That's coming up this Friday. We're also going to discuss how preserving the remaining forests in the Kinabatangan area is probably the best answer to protecting all the remaining wildlife there. Welcome, Dr. Ben. How are you today?
1: Thank you. I'm fine.
0: It's lovely to have you on the show. Uh, I've been a bit a follower of your work for a long time, so I'm very glad that we finally get a, a chance to chat today. And um, yes, and I was just wondering, can you take me back to the start? You know, I, I, how did your love for wildlife first start? I was reading a character called Daktari had something to do with this.
1: Okay, so you went on the website. I then.
0: did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, uh, he was kind of my hero. Daktari was a, was a, a veterinarian. I mean, it was uh, an American TV series mm-hmm. uh, from my time in the 1960s, 70s uh, that I was watching, and he was a, a, a veterinarian based in uh, in Kenya, and he was uh, treating wild animals, uh, and he had uh, he had a chimpanzee and a lion in his camp, and uh, and I was watching that as a kid, and uh, my dream was to become a, a wildlife veterinarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, did become a, a veterinarian, but I. I always wanted to work with with wildlife since I was three years old, four years old. So that's what I'm doing now. So I'm, uh, I'm very happy.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So yes, and you didn't quite become a veterinarian, but you know your research interests and, and the areas that you focus on are really quite wide ranging. Uh, maybe you can talk to me a little bit about those research interests, uh, you know, in those different areas of wildlife research that you have focused on.
1: Sure. Uh, I started as a, my career as a conservation geneticist. Mm-hmm. uh so i did a lot of DNA analysis looking at the genes of, of uh, different species and uh, and for that i use uh, non-invasive uh, samples like fecal samples faces and uh, and hair samples also collected for example in orangutan nest mm-hmm. uh, so it's all i started uh, my career working on uh, on orangutans um, in uh, sumatra mm-hmm. and um, I did several projects all around the world. I worked on giant pandas, red pandas, uh, African elephant, uh, and then also uh, the Bornean orangutan and then the Bornean elephant. Mm-hmm. So the first time I came to to Sabah was in ninety nine. Uh, I uh, came to visit a, a very good friend of mine, who's still here, Doctor Mark Ancona's yes. from the NGO Utan, mm-hmm. Show sure you know him. and uh, I carried out a project on uh, population genetics of uh, the Kinabatangan orangutan population mm-hmm. and uh, i fell in love with saba uh, back in 2000 2001 and uh, i after the project i really wanted to come back so i applied for another grant uh, and i came back to work on the bonin elephant where i did a, a statewide survey of uh, dung samples And I did a population genetic uh, work and published that. And uh, during my time, uh, between 2000 and 2005, uh, mostly in the Kinabatangan, I found out about a small center that was uh, set up in the Kinabatangan forest by the Sabawalaf Department. Unfortunately, that center that was built in the late 1990s um, was kind of falling apart. Uh, they, they wanted to do an education center, but uh, they didn't have the, the funds to run the center and, uh, and to put uh, you know, people there, and uh, they didn't have the manpower. Mm-hmm. So I came up with the idea of uh, setting up a research center, research and education center. Uh, so I was a staff at uh, Cardiff University, so I went back to Cardiff University, talked to a few people, managed to get some funding. And uh, the director of the Sabawala Department at that time, Patrick Ando, said, okay, the place is for you. If you can run it and develop you know, research there and uh, training as well. So that's how Danau Gang Field Center started back in 2007. And we opened doors in 2008 and we are welcoming there uh, university students from all over the world mm-hmm. for, to, to, to run uh, training courses, uh, field courses, and then also research projects. Uh, and we also develop a lot of uh, Malaysian uh, students. So we have uh, Sabahan students, uh, students from uh, uh, Sarawak and also from uh, Semenanjung.
0: Mm-hmm. I've had the privilege of speaking to uh, Elisa, actually, who, who runs, who does your Pangolin program. So, yeah, you know, she has nothing but good things to say about uh, the Danao Girang Field Centre. And you've been, you know, you've been welcoming so many different students, PhD students, researchers, you know, from all over the world. And uh, the range of projects that you guys carry out is actually quite, mind- is mind blowing, you know, it's really quite a lot. And not just on wildlife species, but also on habitats, also on uh, human wildlife conflict. Um, how would you describe the work uh, that DGCF carries out?
1: Well so so initially the the, the idea of the of, of the research center the center was to focus on uh, wildlife uh, adaptation to uh, a highly degraded uh, landscape uh, for those who know the, the kinabatangan it's a fantastic area full of biodiversity but it's it's uh, flanked I mean the forest is is flanked by oil palm plantation All right. it's a perfect uh, laboratory to study uh wildlife adaptation to that kind of landscape uh, looking at you know uh, how corridors work uh, how riparian reserves work etc so we had this idea of, of uh, looking at how wildlife is moving in that kind of uh, landscape, landscape yeah. so we we use technology uh, satellite colors or radio colors we set up that on 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 different species, including elephants, but pangolin, we mentioned Elisa's project was on pangolin. Um, we did that on proboscis monkey, on Malay civet, common palm civet, monitor lizard, crocodile, uh, nocturnal primates, etc. And so we, re- we try to understand how all those different species um, move in that landscape. What is the, the size of their uh, home range? What is needed for them to, to survive? Um, and so with that information, we come up with, policy documents for some species. So like we were, uh, instrumental in drafting the state action plans for clouded lopa, proboscis monkey, banteng, elephant, We are now Elisa is working on, we'll work on the pangolin one. We are finalizing a sun bear action plan. Uh, so all that information, that's it, that scientific information is, is, you know, goes back to hopefully conservation and, um. Uh, um, so that's, that was the first 10 years of, of the, 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 field center is really trying to find information about, uh, different species, uh, flagship species and see how they adapt or how they adapted, uh, to, to the landscape and try to come up with the best recommendations. And so we came up with those recommendations. We came up with the, you know, the, the, the issues and then the, the recommendations. And now we are in, in kind of, uh, Period of of, uh, uh, implementing those action plans. And so that's why we move more into restoration ecology and we set up the regrow Borneo project where we are starting to, to, you know, to uh, uh, restore forest uh, in the Kinabatangan, improve it together with the local community. Uh, So we're doing replanting, but also uh, measuring carbon sequestration, the, re- the return of wildlife into those uh, highly degraded sites and, and then we also know, also moved on into uh, more uh, mm-hmm. enforcement um, because one of the biggest issues in Sabah, but all over the world is, is poaching, illegal trade, wildlife trafficking so we, we decided to, uh, to assist the, the, the state government the Sabah state government uh, and uh, with care and capacity, with capacity building, we're finding funding. So we we help the, the Sabah Forestry Department increasing the size of their uh, of their uh, anti-poaching mm-hmm. uh, unit. Uh, most more recently, we found we got funding from uh, from the uh, state, uh, the Department of State, the U.S. Department of State, uh, to uh, set up an intelligence unit and a forensic unit. For, for the Sabah Wildlife Department. Oh. And just recently, we got uh, some funding from the Saim Darby Foundation uh, to uh, to support uh, the wildlife department in setting up uh, rapid response teams. So basically anti-poaching teams uh, in the Kinabatangan and Tabin. So, so basically, yeah, implementing those action plans and continue to do some research. We also work on uh, more health issues, like, uh, you know, uh, issues with uh, heavy metals presence in uh, in uh, in all plantations and whether it affects wildlife. Uh, we look on we work on malaria as well with you know uh, the simian malaria. So yeah, all these things. Mm-hmm.
0: Zoological diseases, uh, those sorts of things as well.
1: Yeah, zoonotic disease yeah, and so disease transmitted from you know wildlife to to uh, to people. So we have a project, for example, at the moment, uh, looking at pangolin and. Uh, bats and COVID-19, mm-hmm. because we found out that uh, pangolin, uh, so they use, uh, they have sleeping sites, they sleep during the uh, the day, yeah. and they sleep in tree hollows. And uh, in some of these tree hollows, you also find uh, bats that mm-hmm. roost there. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to look at interactions between pangolins and bats and whether there would be potential uh, disease transmission, virus you know viral transmission between bats and uh, and uh, and pangolin and mm-hmm. potentially maybe covid you know uh so that's a, a current project that we're doing
0: Okay, that's <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot, Dr. Ben. Um, let's just go for one quick break. And when we come back, let's focus on uh, those two uh, species that I was talking about earlier, the orangutans and the elephants. I'm speaking today to Dr. Benoit Gustens. He's the director of the Danau Girang Field Centre. We're talking about all the work that the field centre does, you know, sustainability solutions uh, through their field centre. They've been developing solutions for communities and wildlife in Borneo since 2008. We're going to find out more after this quick break. You're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.0. Point 9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on the bigger picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Joining me all the way from Sabah today is Professor Dr Benoit Guzens. He is the director of the Danau Girang Field Centre. The Danau Girang Field Centre is, of course, a research centre. has been carrying out research and developing solutions for communities and wildlife in Borneo since 2008. But you know, as Dr Ben mentioned earlier, has been his work has started far earlier than that. But the 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 field centre itself was formalised in 2008, uh, carrying out so much work. And uh, yeah, and there's a natural progression, I suppose. You know, in in, the, in terms of the work that you are doing at the moment. And I guess, you know, if, if, if you could just talk to me a little bit about um, the landscape, you know, that you are working in. It, it is very rich in biodiversity. Um, and, you know, you've been there for a long time. Have you, I mean, what are some of your observations of the landscape and how it's changed uh, in these last 20-odd years that you've been living there?
1: Uh, well, so, I mean, the Kinabatangan is a... Uh I can say it's uh, it's been quite uh, uh, trashed in a way in terms of uh, deforestation. Uh, you don't you don't find primary forest along the Kinabatangan anymore, except on some limestones. But uh, so it has been heavily locked. Uh, and then um, the the floodplain has been uh, transformed into you know uh, old palm plantations. Uh, and so you've got this this uh, tiny uh, corridor of forest along the, the Kinabatangan River that uh, links the the east coast uh, and the central forest of, of Sabah, uh, where you still have you know big big forests like Deramakot Forest Reserve and uh, Malwa Forest Reserve etc. And uh, so it's it's yeah it's a tiny corridor. Sometimes it's only 50 meters of forest, sometimes more. Uh, so it's a succession of, of uh, forest fragments along the river. Sometimes uh, plantations go up to the river, so you, you can imagine the, the fragmentation along along the river. Uh, there is development as well. Uh, there are, you know, there is a bridge, for example, above the, the Kinabatangan. Uh, that's the, the Sandakan Lahadatu uh, road, and there is a couple of projects that you know that are threatening also the the biodiversity there the this second bridge in sukau that has been you know around and uh uh that that would be detrimental to to the wildlife population especially uh, elephants and orangutans etc so so it's a, it's a very fragile ecosystem but yes it's full of wildlife the the species have been pushed you know by by deforestation and by plantations so there's a high concentration of wildlife um, some some species are trying to, to move into plantations and use plantations for, for dispersal or for also uh, for source of food. So you've got some of those species that are more generalist, uh, like the bearded pig, like the leopard cat, uh, some bird species as well uh, that, that use the plantations for, for food. Uh, some species use them also for supplements, like sun bear, for example, mm-hmm. uh, orangutans. Uh, now there's a study by, by Utan showing that orangutans, you know, go into plantations. Females go, venture, feed, feed a little bit and then go back in the forest. Males use them for dispersal. And elephants spend a lot of time in plantations in the Kinabatangan because the habitat is not enough and they find food resources also in, in plantations. So it's a, it's a very interesting place and it's it's very also... it's a, uh, highly renowned in terms of you know tourism, people go there to see wildlife. Because if you go on a boat on the river, you're pretty sure to see some of those charismatic species, including the the Bornean elephant, the, the proboscis monkey, sometimes an orangutan, some amazing bird species like the storm stork and oriental darter. So it's 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 an extremely rich and it's one of the only places where you can see that so much wildlife just by sitting on a, on a boat. But the pressure, the human pressure is really high. So, and it's very fragile. So, so that's why we need to really do something about it. We should ban any more land destruction. So, you know, uh, forest, forest uh, destruction. It, we, it's very important that we keep all the forest that is left, including uh, state land or non-protected areas. It's, it's very important. And it's also important that we restore uh, the forest uh, as much as possible, that we also try to set up, you know, corridors, even including in in the old palm plantation. So some estates are keen on doing that, you know, working with NGOs or with the government, establishing corridors, allowing wildlife to, to use them. So that's, that's what we need to do because it's a very important place. As I said, it links it links the east coast, you know, with, with Central Sabah, and so it's it's extremely important. Uh, and it's also important for the people because, you know, it's it's a floodplain, provides water, so it's it's extremely important. People are relying on that also, you know, the sungai rely on on the fish population, and uh, so it's, so it's it's extremely important for yeah for all of us. And obviously, trees are very important, especially now with with the climate change. And uh, so it's very important to look, look after that and maintain forest.
0: Yeah, just protect whatever we have left, and and you know rehabilitate whatever is possible. Uh, all these things really need to happen. And you know, being a geneticist as well, you know, I mean, like when we you know push all these animals together in one space, and you know they are not, they can't travel, and they can't yeah. you know breed and, and do the things that they naturally used to do. That's also going to come to affect their health in the long term, isn't it? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. So they, they lose uh, genetic diversity. So you've got inbreeding, it's you know starting and then and then yeah. Uh, sometimes you know species can't can't adapt to uh, to any uh, uh, any uh, disease or new disease that makes them weak in a way, uh, and then yeah, it that's that's how you get you know uh, extinction uh, when you when you fragment the population and you have just these small forest fragments and uh, just yeah, little by little uh, they will disappear.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember earlier this year—was it last year? There was the bearded pigs, isn't it? They were starting yeah. to to disappear.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, outbreak of uh, uh, African swine flu, and uh, and that's it. You lose ninety percent of the population, and um, and then yeah, because some some populations are extremely fragmented uh, and and small, like Kinabatangan, for example, and uh, we don't we haven't seen much pigs coming back. Uh, so, you know, it might take some time, you know, that they, they would travel potentially from, you know, bigger forests where they have survived, maybe. Uh, so, yeah, it takes time.
0: Yeah. And, you know, for, for folks who don't understand, I mean, what, you know, if you were to take out one species like that, you know, the kind of um, cascading effects that it would have, maybe you can help explain, you know, what, would actually, what could actually happen when one species like that is suddenly taken out from the ecosystem.
1: Yes, absolutely. I mean, you 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 have an impact on the ecosystem uh, because, well, for for example, the pigs they are called like uh, also the elephants garden of the forest uh, because you know they look for worms and so they dig the, the dirt and they, they they kind of mix the the seeds etc. and uh, they transport some seeds as well. Uh, so they are very important for the for the, the forest. So that's that's one thing, but they're also very important for people. It's a food source for for the for the local people uh, so even if it's regulated and the hunting is regulated it's very important in some of the uh, some of the indigenous people and indigenous communities uh, bearded pig is, is extremely important as a, as a source of uh, protein so it, it is a problem you lose a, a species not only the ecosystem but it's also the, the local people who are relying on them um, so that, that's that's one example. I mean, elephant is the same that can transport, you know, seeds and are, uh, over long distance. Uh, orangutans as well, you know, they, they transport birds. So if you if you lose, you know, those species, uh, then then it has an impact on the whole, you know, community. Mm-hmm the whole ecosystem
0: yeah Yeah. Um, and and I just want to talk a little bit about um, some of the research that you do with um, I guess with uh, uh, Hutan with with Dr. Mark and and team you know you guys are very collaborative even before um, you know the centre was set up you were working together sharing data on Bornean orangutans um, that's really helped to contribute knowledge on the species in the Kinabatangan region as well as throughout its range Uh, maybe you can share what are some of the important discoveries or information uh, that this collaboration has produced
1: sure so, so the, the, the orangutan work uh, that we did uh, showed that So we, 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 sa- we sample uh, orangutans along the river, on both sides of the river, north and south bank, and also in the different fragments. And our genetic studies showed that there was actually some sort of uh, uh, fragmentation. The fragmentation had an impact on the genes of the, of the orangutans. And mm. we could see that uh, some genetic differentiation between the forest fragments but most importantly between the two sides of the of the of the river.
0: Right. So
1: basically we showed so that large rivers they are shaping the genetic structure of of uh, orangutans. And uh because orangutans cannot cross a river, they can't swim. So that that's for one one thing. Um so that, that was an important result and uh that led to uh, to the decision of of trying to help orangutans to, to actually cross small tributaries for example and to to go from one fragment to another mm-hmm. and so Hutan, uh, this started uh, setting up uh, bridges above tributaries to help and the other species use them as well that was uh, very in, in, important uh, our work on, on elephants showed also uh, some very low genetic diversity but it also showed that there was this controversy whether uh, you know, elephants were native to Borneo or whether they had been introduced uh, by Sultan, the Sultan of Sulu. And uh, we, we showed with our genetic work that actually the elephant had been there for, for much longer, uh, probably since the Pleistocene. though they probably colonized uh, Borneo from from the mainland and uh, uh, so uh, before the, when the, uh, the water levels were low uh, and then got stuck in Borneo um so it, that those those results were shown by by the genetics and uh, and it was confirmed very recently by uh, by paleontologists who found some uh, uh, some uh, evidence as of that as well in um uh, uh, in some bones and uh, so it's um so that that was very interesting that using those genetic data that showed you know could see the uh, those important results um obviously, so the, the, the field center before because of the, the, the strong collaboration between DGFC and UTAN and UTAN focusing mostly on, on orangutans, I mean for, for 25 years. Uh, so DGFC has uh, after the genetic study, we, we kind of move away from orangutan. So uh although we have orangutans all around the, the field center, uh we, we haven't been doing so much work on orangutans. Uh, so, but I know that now the, the work from Bhutan uh, from is focusing a lot on uh, the use of plant, old palm plantations. Mm. Uh, so that's, that's, that's very important work that they are doing now in, in, in Sukau. Yeah. And we work a lot on elephants as well. We collaborate a lot on, on, on elephants. Uh, so we've been uh, coloring elephants for the past uh, 15 years now.
0: Wow.
1: And mm-hmm. working as well with, uh, with one of my ex-PhD students she was my first malaysian uh, phd student who graduated in 2019 dr Norza farina osman and yes yeah, she set up a, an ngo uh, after graduating called seratuata and she's uh, working on human and conflict so that was a big uh, uh, a big outcome of the field center and, and, and i was very proud of that uh, you know that yeah. when, when you can when you see that someone you have been training and uh and uh you've been you know working with for for many years you know start doing their own thing and uh in the, in their country and contributing to to uh to you know conservation of, of wildlife in their own country that's the big achievement for i mean for me at, as, as a person but also for the for the field center
0: yeah that no, that's amazing and I've spoken to uh to her last year and she's wonderful you know she's started her yeah. own research center doing you know really good work trying to get a lot of uh local uh local stakeholder engagement very very sure. important work isn't it it's yeah. wonderful and I think you know from all the, the collaborations also that you know as you mentioned you know all of this is also incorporated into into state action plans you know for example the orangutan one was uh you know uh, incorporated in the management of the species in Sabah right the research yeah. that you guys uh, came up with
1: sure. The, yeah, that mean the the, the orangutan plan was mostly a product of of, of and Mark and uh and together with the wildlife department. Mm-hmm. But some of the yeah some of the information that we we generated uh, from the genetics was was done, and then all the surveys also that yeah. that Mark uh, carried out. Uh, but I was not too much involved in the in the orangutan action. More involved in the elephants
0: mm-hmm. and, and then
1: clouded lopar, proboscis monkey, bantang as well.
0: Yeah, and these are the lesser-known sort of, well, well, I mean, not the proposed monkey, but the banting, you know, very lesser-known, isn't it? And maybe you want to talk to me a little bit about what you guys are doing in, in those sure. sorts of areas, yeah.
1: Yeah, very interesting species. I mean, don't don't. I don't think many people know that we, we have actually a, a wild cattle or wild buffalo,
0: yeah. you know,
1: in uh, in in, uh, in Borneo. Uh, it's, uh, it's, and they're it's
0: beautiful, beautiful, by the way. They're just such stunning animals. animals. Yeah, yeah,
1: especially males are, beautiful black color with white socks. And uh, it, it's uh, it's it's amazing species. And uh, But they are highly endangered. They are now the, the most endangered large mammal in Borneo after, well, the Sumatran rhino that is now, well, extinct from Sabah, certainly. Mm. So it's, there are probably about 350 to more, maximum 500 individuals left in, in, in Sabah. Oh, gosh. Uh, they are threatened by uh, habitat loss uh, and also poaching because it's a you know it's a, it's a cattle it's beef so it's actually consumed by any any of the indigenous communities or you know people also from cities who go and hunt uh, trophies it's a it's a totally protected species so it's obviously totally forbidden to to hunt them okay but there's still hunting happening in places like Tabin Wildlife Reserve, um, Python Forest Reserve, also Maliao Basin around the Maliao Basin, Sipitang Forest Reserve on the west coast, uh, so it's it's actually fascinating that that a species like that has actually survived. Hmm. Honestly, I mean, uh, with the amount of hunting that we we have in the you know in those areas, I'm, I'm amazed that they they have actually uh, survived and uh we really need to continue you know protecting that species it's extremely important mm-hmm. and uh, yeah okay people are working very hard on this uh, there's a project now potentially to do some captive breeding because i mean it's probably essential to to go towards that before it's too late before lo- we lose them for you know, for okay. good
0: you say are some of the challenges that you know you have faced in the field uh, in in your research and um you know have you been able to overcome that are there still some persistent challenges that remain
1: yeah we have challenges all the time i mean um, (laughs) i mean to to be honest i think i think working in sabah is, is, is 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 great uh it's uh i know i've been here now for over 20 years and uh we have managed to establish a really good relationship with with the government. We've been working very closely with with obviously the Sabawala department. I mean, my office is I am sitting in the in, at the Sabawala department headquarters in Kentucky-Labalo. and uh, so the relationship has been amazing. And uh, overall, the government has been very supportive. And I'm not saying that because I want to keep my workers. It's been very very very. Good compared to some uh, places where you can't open your mouth. And uh, and and what we've done is is what I have found is that I've never I've never criticized the government. Never ever. Even during the 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 issue with the the sukawa bridge, the mm. intention was never to to fight against the government and to tell them you you can't do this or you can't do that. Uh, and I think development is important and people. The people uh, of Sabah, you know, deserve it absolutely. Uh, but what we, we we've been doing, trying to do, is to advise the government and try to to show them, you know, that what could be the impact, and not only on the wildlife. I think sometimes people don't realize that we're not just defending wildlife; we're also defending the future of of Sabah people, uh, the next generation. I mean, what what will happen when when all the elephants will be gone, orangutans will be gone, you know, banteng? Proboscis monkey. What, what's going to happen when the forest will be gone? What's going to happen to us? And you know, you know, Sabah also relies a lot on tourism. Uh, we we actually saw that during you know during the pandemic, people suffered. A lot of people lost their job. And so, if we don't do anything for to 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 maintain to maintain the, the ecosystem and maintain what we have and, and keep the wildlife where it is. Uh, I think we are going to a, to a disaster. And we see that more and more now everywhere in the world. So it's, I think it's very important. And Sabah is at the place where they can do it. They can still do it. We still have 50, 60% of forests. Uh, we have almost 30% of totally protected forests. Let's keep those 30%. It's extremely important. And maybe try to even, you know, increase it. Uh, you know, people are not going to live in the forest or nearby people live mostly in cities but they like to go and and they need it we we really need it we need uh, we need the trees i mean it's extremely important so so i think we have the chance in saba to to actually uh, be able to do that and and our job and what we are doing and what the ngos are doing is trying to advise the government to do the best the best thing and so that you know it's it doesn't uh, it's not detrimental to to wildlife and ecosystem, but also not detrimental to us.
0: I think one of my favorite quotes is that you can't have infinite growth on a finite planet, right? And, you know, how do we keep just developing and developing when when we our resources are limited? And as you said, you know, in the area that you work in already, you've seen, you know, how how limited it's become, what little there is left. And I guess, you know, how do we, yeah, we need to make decisions based not on an economic model, but, you know, value our biological needs and, and the way nature works, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're right. I mean, it's, it's very important and we see that more and more often I now mean, our, our you know the the temperature is increasing and uh, just imagine i mean if the trees are gone mm. i mean it's, you know uh, it's going to be very hot uh, we are complaining about flooding all the time especially in semenanjung yeah. well look at ourselves i'm sorry but i think we are responsible for that we are and uh, we we need to look at ourselves and try and i'm not trying to to put a finger on on anyone i think we just need to 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 look at what happened and what's happening and try to take the, make the best decisions for the future for, for all our, our future not only the people who live you know in villages and uh oh the everybody everybody
0: so, yeah. yeah yeah time to really really shift uh, our priorities isn't it uh- <laughs> Dr. Ben, um, and I guess you know just 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 to conclude um you know if someone's listening and, and they say, you know what do I do now? Uh, you know how can I you know be part of the the solution rather than the problem? what would your advice be?
1: Well there are many things to do. I mean and I, and I think as I said, I mean I think the biggest challenge you now uh, of our time is climate change. It's pollution. you know it's the amount of plastic that we, we just drop everywhere on the road, in the rivers, in the oceans. And uh, I think we we need to to we need to do look at that and stop throwing our rubbish everywhere. Stop using uh, you know uh, plastic bags. Recycle. Buy secondhand clothes. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: <laughs> endless right? There are endless things. things.
1: <laughs> yeah, endless things. But 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 uh, small things. But you know, like like uh, waste waste management. You know, do some compost if you can compost I, I really think that if, if we don't do those things those small things we, we are going to something but that, that will, there will be no return yeah we can do that but also maybe you know um, read a bit more about it uh, get get you know get more aware and maybe you know volunteer uh, come come to, to visit us, um, you know, come and plant some trees, <laughs> uh, plant a tree in your garden if you can. I mean, all those really small things will make a difference at the end.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right. And, you know, if anyone is interested to, to you know, uh, find out more about Danau Girang Field Centre, maybe collaborate, uh, you're open to these sorts of things, yeah?
1: Of course, absolutely. And especially with, uh, you know, from for local uh, people, uh, we are we are more than happy to welcome, you know, volunteers from all ages. Yeah, anyone who is interested can contact us. They can go on our website, dgfc.life L-I-F-E. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, contact us. We have a contact uh, mail. And if they're interested, yeah, please contact us, really. I mean, we, we are more than happy to, to welcome people and, you know, for them to spend some time in the forest, it's it's come. Sometimes it's life changing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So,
0: yeah. Okay. So, so you heard uh, Dr. Ben just hit to dgfc.life, find out how you can get involved. There are so many projects, as we've been talking about. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely something for anyone there, for everyone there. So, um, my thanks again uh, to you, Professor Dr. Benoit Goussins, Director of the Danao Girang Field Center. If you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my/slash earth, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9.